Hey there, hi there, ho there. You're welcome as can be. I, I don't know, does, does that mean anything to anyone anymore? I always started off that way, and that's how the Mickey Mouse Club was. The hey there, hi there, ho there, you're as welcome as can be. MYC, so let's know. I don't know. I, I don't know if the Mickey Mouse Club has anyone seen the Mickey Mouse Club in the last 50 years. So, <laughs> but, uh, they're probably not listening to podcasts, put it that way. Yeah, the people that the people that did watch the Mickey Mouse Club aren't aren't uh, downloading the latest episodes of the Disney themed podcasts. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, just saying. <laughs> okay, but uh, uh, we're gonna do a little diversion this week. I- I'm JJ, your host, as usual, and over there is my good buddy, my good friend Nick. Uh, how you doing over there, buddy? Oh, JJ, I'm Chimney Sweep. Oh, oh, man, we got Dick Van Dyke himself here. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm from England. Where did you Where did you go with, where did Nick go, Mr. Van Dyke? Oh, he went off the chimney, and oh, now I'm here. Okay, we have to stop this immediately. I'm covered in soot. <laughs> Uh, in case you couldn't tell, uh, we've decided to take a little uh, excursion into the Disney Compendium Annex, number two, with Mary Poppins, because last week we did Sword in the Stone, which was one of, well, wasn't one of, it was Walt's last animated feature that he was alive for, and this is probably the last major work he was involved in um, before his death. Uh, in 1964, Mary Poppins was released. Um, Sword of Stone also took place in Jarleo, England. Okay, listen, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Van Dyke, I need, you to, I, need you to leave. I need you to leave, and I need you to leave now. I didn't even know you were still alive. So <laughs> hey, Dick, I got tea and crumpets over here. Oh, I tell you, crumpets. Just go well, have- I'll pop off then. Go, go go have your tea party on a, on the ceiling. <laughs> oh, that guy's annoying. <laughs> Why is he staying with you? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. He's 90. <laughs> He's 90. What is he doing in your house? Well, just to let you know, like, uh, I do a, I also do a, a weekly diagnosis murder podcast. Uh, so I just have him here for that. <laughs> just just a big yeah just just once a week and you're just going chronologically through every episode of diagnosis murder we're ranking the episodes out. yeah we're ranking the episode just like this <laughs> i'm alive outside of you jj i guess i mean I, I guess he lives in california and so do you so i guess it's not too far out of the question if you just yeah. come over <laughs> dick van dyke lives in uh lives in my closet and uh in an in in empty rubber made tote that I threw a blanket at the bottom of so he's just he's just in there Comes out. The kids just have just play with him every once in a while. No, no, he's not allowed near my children. <laughs> he has to he has to leave your house while you're gone. <laughs> he can't be there. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not allowed to use the restroom or the kitchen. I don't. Just... I I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know. What <laughs> 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 we start this podcast again. I apologize. I'm sick. So I might say some NyQuil-induced things that make no sense. We technically started this podcast about 35 minutes ago, although you missed about 90%. You missed it all because we didn't hit record, and we just were talking about old uh, Atari games and uh, (laughs) and, uh, 
ports of old <laughs> games to the DS. So it's a very exciting conversation. This Mary Poppins for the Intellivision. <laughs> I don't even know what that game would be. It would just be some sort of very bad, like catch umbrellas game or something like, that just vaguely has it's like kaboom or something where it's just like you're mary poppins and you're trying to catch like tea or something i want uh i want a mary poppins uh game but like running on the uh splatterhouse engine oh no i've got it i know exactly what the mary poppins game would be if it were like on an old television or an atari game it would be you it would just be a feed the birds game it's just <laughs> you feeding the birds yeah just you feeding birds it's all right. it has this this one super sad song in the middle of the movie <laughs> they just made a whole video game around it because that's oh, what God. they would do in the in the 80s that's how video games were <laughs> it, it would but it would be a really bad bad midi version of it Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's just how video games were. Like the E.T. game, it's like, you know, he says E.T. phone home. So what do they do? You're collecting bits of a phone. Like he wasn't mm-hmm. being literal when he said, whatever. <laughs> that game was made in six weeks. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a whole different show to talk about. But um, yeah, I guess we could actually talk about Mary Poppins. Like, itself now <laughs> like yeah. the actual movie and not just weird obtuse references <laughs> to mary poppins. mary poppins the game the movie <laughs> the official novelization of the game <laughs> yep uh but you know so like the first character you meet in this movie is bert uh the crazy old man that lives in your closet uh <laughs> he uh the chimney sweep which um so we'll we'll kind of go and dress this right away. If if you they'll do interviews with British actors and they'll say, "Hey, who has done what American has done the worst British accent in cinema history?" And they're all like, "Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins." <laughs> it is, it is like I don't know how to describe his accent, like. Cockney? I mean, like, it's theoretically Cockney, but, Mm -hmm. like, Cockney, if you just had somebody describe what that meant to Dick Van Dyke, and he's like, yeah, 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 I got it, without ever listening to anything, (laughs) and then nobody correcting him. Like... (laughs) The the guy who walks around Disneyland as uh, uh, animated drawing Bert still does a better accent than this Bert. Yes, yes, the Yes, the Disney cast members just, that are supposed to be Bert are better uh, British people <laughs> than he is. And it's so weird because the movie starts off with him, like, it's immediately breaking the fourth wall. He is talking to you out there, you out there in the, the movie land, watching this movie. And yeah, he uh, he's singing to himself and he's like, oh, there's a change in the air. Yeah. Yeah, one man band, Bert, with the with all the instruments and the big drum and the knee cymbals and all that. Uh, He's a one man band. Oh, boy, just there's a wrestling reference out the gate again. This, but uh, uh, also, I'm a thousand percent certain we're not going to get very uh, far without uh, mentioning or. 
making a Simpsons joke because there's a Mary Poppins episode of The Simpsons and there's little references to Mary Poppins constantly in this. Sure, <laughs> Sherry, the Sherry Bobbins episode. Sherry Bobbins episode. I just, Groundskeeper Willie is all, that's a one-man band. <laughs> but, uh, or, or not one, or uh, uh, Mo is in uh, is in the Sherry Bobbins episode, the one man. <laughs> Her butt shined a banister. <laughs> That's your Marge impersonation. Yep. <laughs> okay. Don't uh, please never again on this show. <laughs> oh, Homer. Well, I just I have access to a mute button and I can click it anytime. <laughs> He's gonna replace me with a soundboard. Uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna be that. Uh, it's gonna be like that episode of The Simpsons where uh, uh, Mr. Burns goes onto the shock morning radio show, and they just I, he's gonna keep playing sound effects over you until you just get so flustered. And <laughs> that is, uh, members of the studio audience, those sounds are not coming from me. <laughs> Still, we, we're not even we're not even three minutes into this movie. <laughs> Well, okay, so Mary Poppins is descending from the clouds. Yeah. She uh, this descends into... the movie implies she lives in the clouds? I... I guess. I don't know. I, I guess. I. They never... It's never addressed. I mean, honestly. she's up there touching up her makeup. Yeah, like, she's having... She's just kind of chilling out up there. Like, there's no... Rent resistance or anything, she just kind of exists in the, up above the clouds. Yeah, uh, it makes her more of an eth- ethereal being in that sense. Yeah, it it really is like this weird, like biblical set, like like descending from the heavens through the sun. You know, like yep. music playing, the the songs of angels playing as she mm. goes down. But um, uh. Boy, the the kids, uh, the kids want like in this movie are they flip flop between being like genuinely sort of like enjoyable to just being like please just can we go back to Mary Poppins <laughs> like doing stuff because like they really do flip flop between being just like good kids and just obnoxious. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at some point they get their father fired. So yeah, yeah, he loses. Like, yeah, things don't. Things really don't end well for this family at the end of this movie, really, because the dad is out of a job. (laughs) No, I mean, he gets his job back. Yeah, but I mean, like, but it's not like it's not like he's fixed the people around him. He's got his job back, but. They're still gonna like expect him to, to compose himself like he used to be. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if this is addressed in Mary Poppins Returns. Hell if I know. I haven't <laughs> seen, seen it yet. yet. I haven't oh, seen it yet. Yeah, we're gonna we'll get to that eventually. I'm assuming Disney Annex episode after we both after it's out on Blu-ray, sequelize this episode with uh, with Mary Poppins Returns because I want to see it. It's, yeah, yeah. I it's fifty four year difference. <laughs> yeah, between the two movies. Yeah. So you know that's the it's one of the most significant. If probably I wouldn't be surprised if it was like the most significant gap between 
sequels. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do that one. Um, after our Disney Annex episode of Race to Witch Mountain. <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, the, the kids, like, they're doing this whole um, uh, Jane and Michael. Yeah. Uh, Banks. Uh, Banks. Need, need, they, they need a nanny because the, cause they're monsters and they've driven every nanny they've ever had out of town. <laughs> and their housekeeping staff are even flustered by them. Yeah. And so Mr. Banks is trying to get a nice, stern, you know, take no prisoners nanny. And they've got their little uh, advertisement that they want for a nanny. Yeah. So this uh, is this this movie more than anything else that we've watched thus far outside of some of the weird compilation music based ones is the most musical of everything. Yes. Like it, the, it's exposition and plot development get told through song constantly in this movie and they're all phenomenal songs like <laughs> well so like the uh little nerd moment for you and i uh the first night they drive away uh is played by elsa lancaster yes who yes. we should know as the bride of frankenstein yep yep yeah so just yeah, just just yeah, just so you know, that's another thing that <laughs> we both uh, share the uh, enjoyment of the old Universal monster movies. Universal so. monster movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, with with about forty years difference, thirty years difference, thirty years difference. <laughs> yeah, was uh, when did uh, 30, 32, 33? Uh, her role of the title character, Bride of Frankenstein, nineteen thirty-five. Okay. And this is nineteen sixty-four. So. Almost thirty About, years. Almost thirty years. Wow. <laughs> and it shows. Looking, yeah, it shows. It shows in this. She doesn't look yeah. like she. Yeah, she looks like an old, old nanny. <laughs> she, 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 she plays the role of a frumpy old nanny perfectly. Yeah, yeah. but the, like you know, where he tears up their note, and, like, throws it in the fireplace, right. and that's where they go. You know, they get sucked up into the fireplace. But- I, I mean, I, I kind of want to address the thing, you know, like, yeah, they're not great kids at the time, but their dad's a workaholic and their mom's kind of wrapped up in her own stuff. She's, she's, yeah, just like a... She's a suffragette. She's a suffragette. So, like, yeah. she's... She's she's just... She's her own independent woman throughout this entire movie, and you kind of never... That's... Her character throughout this movie is feminist. And that's sort of it. <laughs> there's no other like. <laughs> but there's times when she's not, and she's uh, she's oddly subservient to. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, so it's so, weird. So, so it's weird. So it's like that's what, that was where I was heading with it. It's like so that's like her her character. It's like she's described like she, you have first at the gate, you see her as a suffragette, and you have all this stuff. And then there's other times throughout the movie like they forgot about that. Like it's from an earlier script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They just, they just didn't bother to go back and fix it or something like yeah that's or maybe that's the joke i don't know it could, <laughs> maybe, be. It could be sister suffragettes yeah so it very well could just be that was the, that's the joke is that she is like she's the suffragette but she also doesn't want to do that in any way shape or form she doesn't yeah. want to be the wife that doesn't <laughs> it's, it it's more surprise of a, me it wouldn't surprise it's, me out of it's a hobby of, for her yeah the Suffragette movie is maybe a hobby for her because she's clearly an upper class woman. That she, yeah. needs to do, she needs something to do. Yeah. Um, I, I recently saw on the um, 
internet the other day that there was like a weird bit of backlash for this movie because Mary Poppins gets the soot on her face later. Mm-hmm. And then she just like, instead of cleaning it off, she just powders it back on and everyone, mm-hmm. and there was, I, so there was sort of this, like, is this blackface? Like, like, are they just like, like, is this like intro into blackface or something? And I was like, well, no, but I can also understand that point of view because it is sort of, <laughs> because then well, they're just, because then they kind of just go up on the roof and start having like a song and dance routine, which is sort of what. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, uh, so yeah, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but yeah. the part where the captain or the admiral he goes, "Oh, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of hot and tots on the roof." <laughs> yeah, that is a racial term. It is. It is. Uh, yeah, um, and he's a problem, man. Yeah, he's a very problematic character in this movie because he is just. He's played for laughs, but boy, <laughs> uh, we're we're doing a terrible job at just sort of recollecting this movie. But like, this movie is like a controlled chaos where it's like Mary Poppins is in town, and now she's helping these kids out, and they go on various adventures that makes the dad angry. Yeah, <laughs> and, he's just uh, constantly flustered with his children enjoying life. I know, it's just, it, it, it's really, it's, it's really just making him so upset that they're, that they're have like, <laughs> like, when the tea party on the ceiling is just, like, the final straw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? But, well, it, well so, you, so, you know, Poppins comes in, and she, yeah. you know, and he, he, she, uh, she thinks, oh, this dude's crazy, so I'll watch your children on a trial basis. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know about you, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do like. Uh, I do like that. Uh, he doesn't really seem to question it at all that she has the advertisement. <laughs> like it surprises him because he's, but like he doesn't really question it either. Like you have to know that you tore that up and threw it away. But here it is with her rereading it back to you. Like she's put it back together to, to be here. I, I, I get the, I get the sense that he were supposed to take him as a not as a shallow, unimaginative character to begin with. Yeah. And so he just kinda like, uh, all right, well Yeah. And she just ends up hiring herself. Like that's the best part. Yeah. Like he never really agrees to it except like except, except like the only way he agrees to it is because she pretty much tricked him into thinking it was his idea. <laughs> yeah. And again, and again, like trial basis. Cause I don't know about you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, then that's, <laughs> this is where we get our second musical number. This is where we get our second musical number and boy, uh, they're just really nail it. Hit it. Like the Sherman brothers are, fantastic with just sort of playful songs yeah and this, every song in this movie is super playful and jolly and happy uh a jolly holiday you some could say thank you on a jolly holiday it's a jolly holiday with mary yeah. <laughs> see see your 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 accent's better than mine but yeah this yeah. is the this is the uh, cleanup song yes uh what's 
the half-ass job song. <laughs> yeah, the half-ass job song for the Simpsons, which is I whenever I'm doing anything around the house, I sing that version of the song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like just yeah, uh, cutting every every corner. <laughs> um, yeah, a spoonful of sugar is one of the like. Uh, like if it weren't for super califragilisticexpialidocious, like I would say it's probably the more iconic song. Like it's like the, it's the second biggest song in this movie is the spoonful of sugar song, obviously. Yeah. And then third uh, probably feed the birds or well fly kite bird, maybe. Fly kite would probably be third. Uh, feed yeah. the birds is the best song on this one, out of all of them, but. Um, Danila said this this has a fantastic soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think, no, I don't think. I know Feed the Birds was absolutely Walt's favorite song. Like, like, not just, like, from this movie, but just, like, he loved that song. Like, he would have the Sherman Brothers just kind of play it for him every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) He just, he genuinely loved that song. If you um, know anything about Disneyland, they have the Club 33. Right. And, like, if you get, like, compilation albums and stuff, that's always a, like, jazz piano version of, like, Feed the Birds is sort of, like, one of the, like, common songs that plays at Club 33 kind of thing. Like, it's, which falls in line with sort of Walt's sensibilities, so. Yeah, and and he he pushed for this movie, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This was a big, big deal for Walt, this movie. Um, Which we'll get to. Which we'll get to. We'll get to that. But um, uh, so yeah, spoonful, spoonful of sugar has some. I don't know. Like it has some good practical effects, but some that have not aged well. Yeah, yeah. I did, I saw um, a scene from the recent Mary Poppins mm-hmm. that made its way onto Twitter a little bit ago. The bathtub. And it, was, one. it was the bathtub one, and I, yeah. that's genuinely impressive little practical effect that they had like yeah. it is needlessly complicated for what they need to accomplish for this movie but it is like it's a full bathtub with a slide under with a that she falls into the soap the soapy bath and slides mm. underneath it to disappear into <laughs> we uh whatever the pocket dimension mary poppins is very clearly able to jump in and out of that will <laughs> like <laughs> Because, like, that's the thing that, as a kid, the thing that always stuck out to me was her bottomless bag. Yeah. Like, just her pulling the hat rack out of the bag and, like, the kid's reaction to it. Like, what the? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a cool, like, it's a cool memorable stuff. Like, because you know, like, it's not like it's a magic trick where it's, like, there's a trick to, you know how it's working. You know right. that the, the bag has no bottom and it's just being pulled, you know, <laughs> you know all that yeah. stuff. But, you know, it, it looks cool in a movie because in that in this movie's reality, that's really happening, and it's and it comes off that way. It really looks, it's you know, some things work best as a practical effect in this like these kinds of you know trick shots or those kinds of things. Like if it was her pulling a CG hat rack out of a bag, it wouldn't have come across anywhere near as you know no, impressive or rack. charming. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do like the part, you know, right before we get to this, like where she has her tape measure to see how they measure up. And she measures like Jane and Michael, like, eh, these are your shortcomings. Like, what about you? Oh, me? Practically perfect in every way. Like, yeah. All right. All right, yeah. then, Poppins. Yeah. 
yeah, she's she's also incredibly modest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> modest to a fault, some would say. <laughs> mm. Well, she said practically perfect. Not yeah. No, she. Perfect. I wonder what I wonder what the one thing is that she's not good at. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I maybe they maybe they answer that in the in Mary Poppins Returns, and we find out that she's like not good at rummy or something. I don't know. <laughs> Just a simple pointless thing that she's like, well, I'm practically perfect because, or maybe she's just like three quarters of an inch too short for her liking or something. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but, uh, she, uh, she, she she messed up a, uh, a Ocarina of Time speed run once. Yeah. She, I didn't glitch she, I didn't glitch to the wall fast enough. So yeah. Practically sure, perfect. She, yeah. <laughs> Um, she's she, 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 she no matter how hard she tries, she just can't get to the minus world perfectly every single time. No, <laughs> unless uh, she's like, a, unless it's like, well, I'm I'm this magical ethereal being, but I'm still a nanny. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> something went, yeah, so, so, yeah, something, yeah, something went wrong. I, something I, I went wrong. It could be Merlin working for the queen, but here I am in jolly old England being a nanny for. Yeah. For rich families, not even yeah. the poor, not even the, the needy. Like these, yeah. <laughs> these are just entitled children who need direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. So, I mean, she is she is friends with a homeless person, I suppose. So, <laughs> is Bert homeless? He he's like always dirty, and he has a new job every time you meet him. So. <laughs> Bert was like the pretty, he, you know, we were, we're in the gig economy and Bert was like the, the forerunner of that. Yeah. When, by the next time you see him, he's a screever. Yes. Hey, <laughs> so, so I got it. I'm, an, I'm working for Uber now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, like, t- t- tell me you can't picture in Mary Poppins Returns, Lynn Manuel driving uh, an <laughs> driving, Uber. Yeah, whatever the, uh, English English version Edward, Edwardian London version of Uber would be. Bert like he he's got nothing but positive reviews on Airbnb though. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so yeah, the next time you meet, the, we're moving on to the next segment because yeah. this whole thing. And I mean, they go out to the park and they meet Bert, and Bert's doing his thing on the sidewalk, doing some sidewalk art, chalk art. Shock art. That's what a screever is, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> In case you didn't, when I said that word earlier, it's not like it's a Starship Troopers reference or something. It's, it's, it, that could very well be the giant bugs from. <laughs> it's a fried. <laughs> uh, no, it's a. Uh, this is yeah. It's doing sidewalk art. So what happens, Nick? They go inside uh, the sidewalk art. <laughs> they go inside the painting because they again. Go in- they go to bed on the broomsticks. Yeah, a Mary Poppins is absolutely, uh, absolutely has complete and total control of the universe around her. It can do whatever she wants, whatever she wants, and nobody can stop her. <laughs> so there's this whole link between worlds thing where they go into the painting. Yeah, exactly. Um, this will be the third episode in a row. Where we're going to talk about Legend of Zelda <laughs> and compare it to Legend of Zelda game. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of when I saw it a few weeks ago. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like I, it, I'm, I'm a, it, I, it, I'm a thousand percent certain it has to be sort of 
vaguely inspired by that. There's no way it couldn't, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. like you can, I can, like even like even as simple as Super Mario 64, where you're literally just every level is just a painting you're jumping into. It's, yeah. it's the exact same thing. Ocarina of Time has Ganon, the Phantom Ganon, jumping in and out of paintings on his horse and stuff. Like it's a, uh, you know, it's yeah. a thing. Yeah, it's a thing, and this is the probably the I was going to say probably, but no, absolutely the most famous segment of this entire movie. Yeah. It's the... Uh, uh, Jolly Holiday. It's a Jolly Holiday. It is them in a cartoon world. Uh, it's where you learn supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Uh, like, everything that you think about with Mary Poppins is occurring in this one yeah. small segment of this movie. Dick Van Dyke uh, dancing with the penguins. Yeah. Hoisting up his uh, pantaloons. To- yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's this whole scene where, you know, during Jolly Holiday, where Mary Poppins is kind of friend zoning Bert here. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I I don't understand. I don't. I don't. I don't know what their relationship is. They don't. They never. You never know what their previous relationship is, and you kind of don't know what their current relationship is, other than it's. He is playing the role of Mary Poppins' Harold, like he's the Silver Surfer to her Galactus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm killing you uh, with laughter, much like this movie. Uh, but uh, with Lightning Smith, yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, that, I mean, I'm not too far removed from what I what, I, what I'm saying there. No, because, no. Like, that really is because like it starts off with him like. Or, or, or even like Thanos is coming. <laughs> well, the theory is, and, and and I don't know if this is canon or not, but my, so my wife and I have discussed this before. Like either she used to nanny for him when he was a kid, yeah, and she's his ageless being, or he and Mary Poppins have an arrangement. Wink when she comes to town. <laughs> If I'm just gonna say that if he if she was his nanny, she messed up. She messed up something big because again, he is you. He clear. I don't. Does he have a home? You never see him go anywhere other than just being outside and dirty. So. I mean, and he. I mean, we do at the beginning of the movie. He's basically panhandling. Yeah. I mean, he's a screever, so he's, you know, panhandling for money by doing art. And, yeah. You know, he's a chimney sweep at the, in, the, in the next time you meet him in this. So it's like, you know, every time, you know, he's got three different jobs throughout this. And all of them are, you know, what would be, you know, the poor end of society's gigs. Like, yeah, he was a one-man band at the beginning which is panhandling, a screever, which is like, that's not a job, you know, in the traditional sense, that is, again, gig economy. Mm-hmm. For money, because I, I done dropped some pretty pictures. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so he's just sort of out there doing his thing, and yeah, you never learn anything about their relationship. Again, maybe they go into more detail in the sequel, but I doubt it. I, yeah. Would you would, would you want to know the nature of the relationship? No, because there's nothing you're going to gain by knowing that. Like, it makes it worse if you know that they used to be a couple that have grown apart because she's this eternal being <laughs> that never ages. Or 
<laughs> she's like she's like the old man from uh, the Green Mile. Yeah. You'll die soon too, but. But, uh, but yeah, so yeah, and you know, you get super califragilisticexpialidocious throughout all of this, which uh, at one point in my life I could spell it without any issues, but I don't think I could ever do that now. Nope. Yeah. Um, I I occasionally like to make a uh, Siri spell it. Because <laughs> she'll do it. Yeah, Alexa, please spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Oh shoot! I just remembered I have an Alexa. Please don't Alexa, me. spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> I, I This is great radio. I can vaguely it make it out. <laughs> I can hear it vaguely, but it's doing something right. <laughs> Alexa, stop, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, Go on. But then um, uh, the next big scene after all of this nonsense happens is the Uncle Albert <laughs> meeting, which is the first <laughs> thing, which is the first thing we talked about <laughs> before the show before we hit record on this. <laughs> Edwin's amazing voice. Edwin. Edwin, who you would not recognize from previous Disney Compendium episode of uh, Voice of Mad Hatter, because he's the voice of the Mad Hatter, and also he was the uh, uh, salesman in an episode of Twilight Zone where he's making a pitch to effectively the devil to save his life. <laughs> yeah, he, he basically, uh, yeah, he, he he cons death into uh, yeah. letting him live. Letting him live, yeah, by doing a by making his one last pitch and it worked out for him. So uh, that's a very good episode. I genuinely love that episode. It's a, it's a really good episode. Yeah. Of course, you've, an, ep- an episode's on TV, and I was like, this, I'm going to sit down and watch. This is a good episode. It doesn't matter what episode it is. I'm going to sit good episode. I'm going to watch this one. <laughs> uh, 60% chance it'll be a, a space episode. <laughs> but, um, Uncle Albert uh, is floating, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory style. Uh, because he can't stop laughing. He just can't stop laughing. You're going to end up like your idiot cousins to hyenas. <laughs> um, uh, and then it's, they have the tea party on the ceiling and they're telling jokes. And um, what brings him down? Saying they have to leave. Yep. <laughs> Makes him sad. So he floats back down. <laughs> They have to make. They have to upset this poor man. Yeah, they're ruining his day by leaving. Um, oh, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I, your voice reminds me of like it's like you're doing like closer to like a snagglepuss as opposed to. <laughs> I can stay to left even. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> snagglepuss, he was going to the bathroom. <laughs> um. But here's what, but now now that all of this has played out, we've had a lot of nonsense and silliness and weirdness. It's where the plot starts to actually come into play after all. Yes, of um, because now um, Mr. Banks has absolutely had enough of all of this joyfulness going on in his household. Yeah, yep. He's like, you see, now and now, Pop Poppins here tricks him again. Tricks him once again. In uh, you, 
first, I do like the um, the British bank song that he starts. Singing. Yeah, a British bank. Yeah, um, but through all of this, and you have Mary Poppins, like I completely agree. That's why the kids are going to go to work with you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, just as you suggested. Just like you suggested it, boy. Uh, uh, <laughs> boy, does that work out great, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, on the way to the bank, we get feed the birds. Get feed the birds. You get Mary Poppins very sad. Uh, feed the birds. Tuppence a bag. Yep. This uh, is where uh, Jane and Michael give the uh, bag lady a turtle dove. Yep. <laughs> Wrong movie again. You keep doing okay. it. Every time. Okay. 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 Once again. Once again, like a completely wrong movie. Uh, this is no. She's uh, singing about Barney in this. Barney, me a beer. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so you feed the birds, which, as I said earlier, was um, Walt's favorite song. And it's a great little sweet little yeah. sad song about a homeless lady trying to just sell bags of seed to feed birds, which nowadays she would be, you know, a criminal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She would be. uh, Or, or stopping the wet bandits either way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She's going to uh, release her horde of pigeons onto the The wet bandits in Central Park. They're the sticky bandits. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm an idiot. (laughs) Where was my mind? Uh, so next week on our Home Alone Two podcast, we'll talk about we'll talk about the difference between the Wet Bandits and the Sticky Bandits. Yeah. <laughs> but until then, uh, we meet Mister Dawes. Yes, <laughs> the uh, crazy old bank manager, or whatever <laughs> bank uh, owner. What is? <laughs> yeah, he's a, well, I mean, he's so is he's played by Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. But in the credits, they mix up his name. So yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but we get the uh, Fidelity Fiduciary Bank song. Yeah. Which is trying to, freaking great. It's a great song. It is just, it's like, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's such a good sort of like, for lack of a better term, like villain song. Because it's just yeah. so, like, it's, it's so Roll like oh gosh just just please uh, you know you have to invest your tuppence <laughs> and he just grabs it from michael just like, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he's so so money hungry he steals money from a child yeah yeah and um i mean yeah that's uh, it's it's the one scene it's the one segment of this movie that's kind of you know it feels relevant <laughs> oh I don't know what you mean, JJ. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, Michael uh, not having it. <laughs> Stamps on his foot. Yeah, yeah. Take somebody and, back, and he and Jane bolt. And it creates a absolutely chaotic scene at the bank. Where yeah, the people in the bank uh, take this the wrong way, and now they all want their money back. <laughs> Well, to be fair, I mean, I mean, you know, if if you heard like they were stealing money from children, I wouldn't want to bank with them either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I saw if I saw this creepy, like 
this guy looks like that chimney sweep's dad. <laughs> she just snatching, just snatching coins out of children's hands. <laughs> just, it's, it, he, you know, he's Mr. Burns. I mean, like, yeah. he is, like it's, it's a Mr. Burns character, this ungodly old man who just will do any, who will steal from a child because he can. <laughs> Well, you know, as, as much grief as I was giving Dick Van Dyke about his Bert, he, he just pretty much goes for old man voice here. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, I think you mean, uh, what was his fake name? It was like Nav Kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Nav Kid, yeah. Nav Kid Kaid Kai, Kai yeah. or something. It looks like some sort of like weird South African. <laughs> like, it, was like, it was like an anagram for Dick Van Dyke or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, weird, weird little thing. I like was genuine class. Yeah. Um. Uh. But so, yeah. Uh. They, yeah. They run off. Um. And they run into uh Bert in the east end of London, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. In in a really seedy area. Yeah. Just. Now Bert is a chimney sweep. This is his third job that you've experienced him with in this movie. Uh, uh, I keep also, failing P tests. Oh, yeah. Bert, no. It's like, yeah. I'll have to get away from Whitechapel, so now I'm here <laughs> a chimney sweep. Apparently, a felony is, is, is disqualifies you from employment. Oh no, children! Come with me now. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. He he takes them home, and this is <laughs> this this is where you get. I don't know. Like as much as iconic as the whole chim chimney <clears throat> is, it's also like it gets increasingly absurd as it goes along. Like <laughs> even by this well, movie's standards, <laughs> we get chim chimney, and then we get step in time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Chim Chimney's is it, it's Chim Chimney. It's kind of creepy in a way. Yeah, I mean, there, there, where he's talking about like the darkness off of the distance. Yeah, like, what? What are you like? What are you doing, Bert? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> uh, and, you know, he 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 effectively is just. They're all talking about basically how they kind of just have a um, like an inn into everybody's house, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and then and then like out of the woodwork as they're singing it, just like more and more chimney sweeps start appearing in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's nighttime; you shouldn't be having a chimney swept in the middle of the night, but here they are. <laughs> it's like James Maddox of chimney sweeps, and there's multiple Manning. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're all just like yeah, the step in time where they're all just dancing in time. And this is the scene that we we're talking about earlier with. Mary Poppins applying sit to her face while doing a song yeah. and dance number, which <laughs> where, where she's very nonplussed about it, like oh, I must. Yeah, uh, it's uh, and and the, the hot and tots comment. So <laughs> because the chimney sweeps are all covered in soot, so they're dark, and the admiral is an old taste racist retired military person. So yeah, yeah, I mean, like yeah, it's it's very boy. It, how is that man not arrested? Because he is firing cannons and is very clearly mentally disturbed. Like, and also, why does he have a first mate? Why is that guy there? 
does he just pay this dude to like pretend to be on his boat? It's it's like it's his like hired help, like you know he's it's like his medical needs assistance that just plays along with his craziness. It's his in-home nurse, just like all right, Admiral. Okay, okay. okay yeah. I'll let you fire the cannon, but you got to take your meds in fifteen minutes. You can fire the cannon, but no shot in it this time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you fire the cannon and then 15 minutes of Fox News and then you can have dinner. Yeah. Then off to bed with you. Bed. Please stop yelling at all of the people of color. It's creating an <laughs> issue with the neighborhood. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so far he, he also yells at Banks about something. It's just Banks, Banks! Yeah. It, he seems to be totally fine with the fact that, like, his whole house is in a shambles every hour, every hour on the hour when this dude fires a cannon. Yeah. Can you think like he'd be like, he's throwing my property value down? <laughs> no, boy, could you? Yeah, that's the, the easily the worst neighbor in any movie that we will ever do. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, there are, and there are and there are neighbors that literally try to kill the main characters. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, but so yeah, the animals a problem. Yeah, big big problem in this movie. Like, yeah. it's, it's you know we can't overstate it enough. He says legitimate racial slurs, like not just like vague. <laughs> yeah, no, he's yeah, he, he says genuine racial slurs in this and it is yeah. it is it is absolutely wild uh, yeah it's it, 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 you know we, we all we you will always make a joke where there is in a lot of these disney movies especially the earlier ones where it's like you know like the crows we used to talk about dumbo and the native americans and uh-huh. uh, uh peter pan and stuff but you know in song of the south which is going to be a thing that we do in some point um but like, yeah, like never is there ever like any overt language. It's always mm-hmm. just, this is like overt language. It is probably the one that I would like. Be careful if you're sensitive to this kind of stuff because it's not. There's not a lot of. There's you know, it's only a couple of times, but like, it's there. <laughs> I mean, he, does, he doesn't. He doesn't say like yeah. the n word, but he does say. You know, he does use another word for African American. Yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah, a diff- like yeah, a different sort of period appropriate, yeah. Yeah. effectively saying English British slang, word. a British yeah. slang term for yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, back to the movie. That, yeah, back to the movie itself. Uh, yeah. Uh, after they, the kids finally make it home, and this is Begs has been tied out that he's been fired. <laughs> He's also had a heart to heart with Bert here. Yeah, out of nowhere, and it somehow it seems like it sunk in somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jane and Michael uh, uh, give them give them their puppets and sort of like we're sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're sorry this happened. We're sorry, Father. Uh, um, <laughs> and then he's just like meandering the streets of London. <laughs> Well, he well. Here's the weird thing: they call him at home, and they yeah. summon him to the bank and tell him he's fired. But we're summoning you to the bank. Like, let me tell you something, people. 
if you have a job, they call you, hey, you're fired, but we need to come in like, nope, I'm fired. Uh, that's that's me. That's me. Yeah. But, but because, yeah, because they're doing that whole, um, you, you know, turn in your badge kind of thing to it. Yeah. <laughs> we regret this course of action. Yeah. Cashiering is what yeah. the uh, term for it would be. I, I don't know why I'm John, Johnny Ace now, but. Best of your future endeavors, Banks. <laughs> okay, Super Dave. Let's. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, Banks, Banks signs with AEW, so yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, this whole thing just absolutely breaks Banks's brain. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like he just loses it. <laughs> and tells uh, the old man to go fly a kite. Yeah. He, he you know, says blurts out supercalifragilisticexpialidocious and does that whole thing. And uh, uh, I do like that uh, uh, <laughs> we learn that Dawes dies because the joke made him laugh too much and he died. <laughs> he died! And he died. his sons and his sons are totally cool. They're like, you know what? He died happy, and he made you a partner before he died. Like, wait, what? <laughs> Almost absurd. Absurd ending. Uh, but yeah, oh yeah, so, and now you get Bert's fourth job throughout this yeah. movie as kite salesman. Yep. With, uh, uh, where you get the infamous Let's Go Fly a Kite song. Yeah. Uh, which... Just a- I sing this song absolutely all the time in my. It's a great song. Yeah, I just like I'll just be wandering around like, I I spend a lot of time not surrounded by anybody at work, so you'll just hear me. If you were to wander in, there's a ninety percent chance that I will be just quietly singing a Disney song to myself, and this will be one of them. I'm just (laughs) 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 just not as bad as you sitting in the break room eating a sandwich. No, you're welcome. Okay. Not. I mean, listen, I, I don't need just, to go to the. I don't need to go to the break room. Uh, just, <laughs> just, just singing to your ham and cheese. <laughs> look, look, look! I would be lying if I <clears throat> if I said that never happened. <laughs> I can go the distance. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we also get who put the glide in, glide in. <laughs> or, we also get uh, Mary... no, please, <laughs> no, 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 sir. That's gonna be a no, fun. S- That's gonna be a fun. Is it? It's gonna be you. absolutely. That's all that matters to me. <laughs> uh, and then you're gonna throw in like, oh, by the way, next week we're gonna cover the Miami Vice soundtrack. Like, why? Why are we doing this? The history of Genesis. Yes, but hey, that's Mary Poppins the movie. <laughs> well, oh, but no, I also want to talk about her her weird parrot head umbrella thing. I think rules, and I wish I had one. Yeah, where he's just it's, going like, they forgot about you. Yeah, they it's, don't love you anymore. <laughs> the only time it's ever been shown in this movie, <laughs> she's had this the entire time because. But yeah, I also want to say that it is exactly the same thing as I. I don't know, I, I don't know 
how much in the Power Rangers you <laughs> ever got, but not much. The White, no. the, White, the, right, the White Ranger had a um, a saber where the mm. backside of it was a lion's head <laughs> that could talk, <laughs> and it's it, it's it's the exact same thing. It's just replaced parrot with tiger. I said lion. I meant tiger. <laughs> it, it, it reminded me, you know, like you remember back in the day, you get those little like plastic grabby things with like, animal heads on them. Yeah, like, like a you shark put, head. Yeah, it, yeah, like you would get it like at Universal Studios or whatever. Like, it uh, is, it's, it would it's be that. Like, it's like something that Disneyland would sell for the Enchanted Tiki Room. <laughs> yes, the parrot head. Yeah, it's not even like, it's not even like, it's like it's a, it's like it's not. Like, is it, is it supposed to be a practical effect or is it just like, it's a toy? I mean, they've created this yeah. toy that can talk very but, but he's also a downer. Yeah, it's an absolute bummer. Just trying to, just, he's trying to bring Mary Poppins down. He's the. Haha, <laughs> the children love their father more than you. Like, well. That was my that's, point. That's, what that's, I, that's sort of why I was here. <laughs> mission, mission accomplished. Yeah. And now Bert is left to be all alone again. Well, Mary Poppins yep. goes off to do whatever it is Mary Poppins does next. If you believe the Simpsons, it's to get sucked into the jet engine of an airplane. <laughs> I think she goes back and lives in the clouds again. Yeah, until another, until, until another rich, rich bratty child somewhere needs help. <laughs> yep. Yep, and Bert's gonna go uh, do his Uber Eats thing. So yeah, it's like. Yeah, the only way you can get the help from Mary Poppins is if you're rich enough to have a nanny. Yep. <laughs> she can't really, she's not going to help the people who really need help, just the people who can afford it. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about Andrew, the dog. <laughs> he's adorable. I love, yes, yes. Uh, he's, this dog's got a, like a, a sweet looking like little flannel jacket on. <laughs> like, uh, look, you put you put a dog in a shirt or a coat or anything, and I'm just going to be like, that's the best dog I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> even if it's for, at that moment, I honestly will truly believe that. And as you're watching it in the movie, it's like, this is the best dog that's ever been in the movie. <laughs> Until I see him. Sh- yeah, that, dog's, that dog's got a puffy tail. <laughs> puff. Hey, puff. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I take notice of every dog in every movie, so. Uh, so, but the yeah, Banks gets a better job, and the kid, the family is kind of reunited, and 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 uh, then you get fifty-eight years later, you get a sequel, <laughs> which to, uh, as you might have noticed, folks, we have not seen. Yeah, mention that again. Have not seen. Uh, but I mean, I, I mean, they're based on the books, so I assume you know we probably just read. I I have no idea if Mary Poppins Returns is based on any of those books. <laughs> yeah, Couldn't tell I don't either. Well, uh, um, so in terms of like, but there was the absolutely phenomenal Saving Mr. Banks. Great movie. Uh, great movie that sort of disnifies the. The history of yeah, well, it doesn't even give you the whole history because the history dates back to like you know 1938. And, you know you don't cover any of that stuff. You're covering the very small window of like the 60s, yeah, um, like leading up to this and the sort of um, Tom Hanks as Walt Disney trying to court 
uh, Peel Travers. Travers to letting him make a movie based on the story as to how this book got on Walt's radar sort of changes depending on like who's responsible for the narrative at the Disney company. It's like you get sort of one of two stories behind it where um, it was his daughter's favorite book and they wanted him to make a, they, they wanted him to promise to make a Mary Poppins movie one day or uh, the other story is like he just overheard Lily and his wife reading the story to his daughters. And was like, it's, you know, take notice of it kind of thing, which is probably the much more realistic answer. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, I, I like, you know, everything that every, when you, when you go into the, like the nuts and bolts behind um, some of these behind the scenes, things like this, you know, obviously it's the Disney company and they try to pretty them up as much as they possibly mm-hmm. can. Um, they, they do it to a point in this movie. They do a pretty decent job, except they don't really fully, they make it seem like she's okay with it by the end, which she never is. <laughs> no, she's not. She did never, not like the movie. She did not like the movie. They, she never did like the movie. Uh, it was like, like I'm never going to let him make a movie again kind of thing. Like, no sequels. Like, that's it. Like, then she wrote more books just out of spite for, yeah. <laughs> for the movie. Um, you know, I, I did like in um, two things that they did really well in the um, Mary Poppins movie that I didn't sort or Saving Mr. Banks, that I didn't sort of expect them to do was, A, they sort of poke a little bit at... Um, Walt's smoking problem and yeah. the cancer that was looming over there. Because you see, like, he always went out of his way to make sure that nobody really saw him smoking, even though everyone knew he was always smoking, like, all mm-hmm. the time. And you can uh, smell it on him, too, probably. Oh, absolutely. And this is when you were, this is when it was okay and everyone was smoking inside all the time. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but so, yeah, there's a couple of just minor scenes of him, like, you know, coughing in his office alone or something, you know, just to very simple things. And I like the post, well, I was going to say post credits, but like during the credits where they're actually having like the actual conversations. Yeah. The audio recordings. The audio recordings of like her with the Sherman brothers. It's like giving them crap, giving them so much. You can tell that she's having none of it. She's actively trying to sabotage the whole thing just to like ruin this for them. So they just give up, which was never Mm going to happen. So, um, I, I thought Tom Hanks, like, uh, kids is a Disney produced movie, so I, I, Tom Hanks did a really good job of portraying Disney's version of Walt. Yeah, and, and even like, I, and also making sure that he wasn't like, they didn't like completely whitewash him either. Like, there's no. a little bit of a, they, they show a little bit of the sort of curmudgeonly edge to him, but, you know, I, I did where- like. Where he oh. hands out business cards with his at with the autograph on him instead of oh. like, signing things. Yeah, and like that's yeah. well, yeah, and, and that's well known as to that's exactly what he would do because he just wanted to be at Disneyland and you know he didn't want to he didn't want to be stopped. So, mm. um, but all, like the um, the story that he told where he tells uh, Travers like the uh, the the paperboy story thing, right? is like that's not sugar-coated that's exactly like how that played out in his childhood like 
like he almost died like doing this paper boy stuff because you know they're in the midwest <laughs> it's you cold know, and you know that's the snowbanks are taller than him he he didn't want to do it but his dad was you know very stern and sort of uh you know, a slave driver in that sense. Like, he would miss days of school and go to school exhausted because he was up at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning having to deliver papers in the snow. <laughs> Things like that. Uh, so. So, yeah, he did a very good job. And he... The thing that's fun about um, Tom Hanks is that he never looked... He... He never looks or sounds like who he's supposed to be, but you buy it full heart, like wholeheartedly that he's that character because like he only vaguely looks like Walt Disney and he doesn't talk like Walt Disney at all. Like he doesn't, he never really has like that um, that draw that Walt would have had. That's that, that you know, arm boy draw that you would expect. Yeah. From and but, like even you saw him in like, upcoming, um, he's going to be playing Mister Fred Rogers in a Mister Rogers right. Movie. And he doesn't look like Mr. Rogers, but like just sit there and look at him. It's like, all right. <laughs> like I, I think I think his demeanor is he, yeah. he got Walt's demeanor yeah. down. He, he held himself exactly like how Walt did, and like he he got the he got the what you needed right to be right. And um, yeah, it was a very good Walt Disney performance, and I was very very happy with it. Um, but. Uh, yeah, th- this is just one of those things where this they've been like constantly trying to get this movie done. Constantly. Right. Like they've been badgering her to do it, get the rights, and yeah. um, this is like this is like a really uh, yeah trying to incorporate live action with animated. Uh, yeah, animation and that was here. it's a big and, deal and that, here. And that was the thing with. She wanted it to only be a live action movie. She, she hated the idea of. She did not want it to be a cartoon, and she hated the fact that there was a cartoon in this movie. Uh, but um, um, you know, uh, uh, despite her opinions on on it, I don't. There was nothing you were ever going to do to make her happy. It was a very personal story for her, and mm-hmm. um, there, there was sort of. There was no, there was no way you were gonna ever, ever make her happy, even if you like filmed the book one to one. I think there was, it was just this. It is such a personal story for her that there, she would always find fault in it. So, you know, I'm glad that they ended up doing what they did with the movie because the movie's better off for it in the end. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And Julie Andrews does an absolutely phenomenal job. Julie Andrews yeah. is great in this movie. Yeah, this um, was uh, this was her uh, uh, debut in film. Um, now she was nominated for an Oscar for this, right? Uh, this movie was nominated for so much stuff, but, but uh, she personally, yes. Um, let's see, best. Let's see, but yes, best actress in a leading role, and she, and not only was she nominated, but she won. Um. So this is, this is this is prior to Gone uh, to uh, Sound of Music. Yes, um, this this was she's just coming off of a stage career. This is her first theatrical film role. Yeah, because she was uh, she was the, she was the original uh, My Fair Lady. Yes, um, Eliza Doolittle. Eliza <laughs> Doolittle, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, 
uh, Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I think was wasn't it that she was filming this, and that's why Audrey Hepburn got My Fair Lady. That's that's the story. Whether that's factual or not, because Andrews was Eliza Doolittle on Broadway, right? Um, but at the same time, it's Hollywood. It, 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 yeah. yeah. It probably was a factor, but who's to say that was really what it was other than or, oh yeah, we can have Julie Andrews who was on Broadway or we can have somebody who can you know, is it is a known box office draw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Especially yeah, in old Hollywood. It, yeah, it's, it's not the Tom Selleck, Magna P.I. Anita Jones situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, this movie, uh, this movie was like nominated for. Let's see how many awards it was nominated for that year. Oh, for the at the Academy Awards: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen Academy Award nominations. Good grief! Um, it <laughs> so it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director with Robert Stevenson. Okay. Um, Best Actress in a Leading Role, which was Julie Andrews, and she won. Best Adapted Screenplay. Right. Uh, best Color Cinematography. Best Color Art Direction. But this, this is still 1960s, so color is still a distinction. <laughs> it's just funny yeah, to think of. I mean, but I mean, like, it's got very vivid colors. Yeah. Um, best Costume Design. Best Sound. Uh, it was nominated for Best Film Editing, which it won. Best Visual Effects, which it won. Best original song, which it won, which, 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 and best score, which it won. So, best original song, what was it? Think of all the music in this. Do you know? Was it? Uh, was it Jolly Holiday? It was not. Chim Chim Cherie. Chim Chim Cherie. It won for best original song that year. So I was trying to go, I trying to go not obvious. Yeah, I think you even went. Jelly Holiday is like even more obvious than Chim Chim Cherry. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's a good Go song. I mean, there's no bad songs in the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, Julie Andrews won the Golden Globe for uh, Best Actress. Um, it won Grammys for Soundtrack and Score. Uh, and it was in the Writers Guild of America awarded it Best Written American Musical. So, like, it cleaned up. Yeah, it cleaned up. It, uh, you want to get into the sort of production, like the behind the scenes of this, but like you're just watching, uh, like Saving Mr. Banks does a pretty decent job of giving you sort of like the footnotes version of, like the cliff notes version of it. Just understand that um, any any time they show any any like an inkling of her being happy about it is not true. <laughs> She was pretty much just. I yeah. mean, she 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 begrudgingly signed over the rights to the movie. Yeah, yeah, and and there's a couple of like there's some letters you can get some letters where she's like, you know, uh, you know, thank yous, thank you letters and stuff for all of it. Or there's a couple of like she she had nice things to say about it, but um, overall, like you know, the, the movie ends with her like crying and being happy at the theater, seeing like the Let's Go Fly a Kite sequence and stuff, and it's like, no. No, <laughs> that's not how that was. But, um, but you know, she never thought that um, 
movies could do justice to her books. And I think if you, her books probably, because her books are a lot, <laughs> a lot, I don't know, a lot more stern. <laughs> in yeah. a way. Yeah. They're, they're a little less, they're a little less playful than the Disney movie. Not as um, much whimsy. Yeah. Not as much whimsy. Um, and, and the music and stuff, you know, like it goes a long way. Um, but you know, you have him throughout the course of thirty years, sending like send Roy out there and try to convince her, um, uh, and you know, the uh, they tried to keep changing like think like every time they made a suggestion of changing things, like, well, let's not make it the thirties, let's make it you know a little older than that, or you know, yeah. Um, and she was also not happy with the casting of Van Dyke either. I think, right? No, she was not because, yeah, yeah, she she, she was yeah, and she didn't like um, she didn't like Mr. Banks's portrayal because that was her father's was, avatar in the stories. Yeah, he was very stern and cruel to the kids. I mean, he really is kind of cruel to the kids in the, in the beginning of this movie. And, you know, he turns around. And that's where you get the title from. Right. Uh, the Save Mr. Banks. Because it's changing sort of, uh, you know, like having him have his reversal and everything. So, um, yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a decent enough. It's not a documentary, obviously. It is a Disney movie with the Disney hand in it. And, you know, by this point, Peel Travers has, you know, been long since passed. Yeah, um, so, yeah. They, they, they kind of tell what, what restore they want to. Yeah, they, they can they can sway the narrative. I mean, she has... Um, uh, she has uh, different, like, do- there's different biographies and stuff, and a little bit other and stuff, like The Real Mary Poppins and Shadow of Mary Poppins. And there's stuff you can read that do some really good behind-the-scenes stuff for this. But, um uh, but yeah, it, it's it took this movie was um, uh, took eleven months to make, which is very very long for a movie. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, especially, well, especially for I mean, an animated movie takes a long time, especially back in this era because of how long they are and how you had to. I mean, at this point in time, we're now into the Xerox age of Disney, so it's the time's been cut down a lot shorter. But you're still taking years to make a feature-length cartoon at this point. Um, you know, back back in the day, it took about you know nine, ten months to make a cartoon. Live-action movies tend to take a lot less time to make, but you know, it's a Disney movie with a lot of uh, special know, effects, special effects and practical effects, and a lot of you know animation sequences and music. And I think it took a substantial amount of time just to create the music. For the yeah. alone. I think um, of the court, the choreography, and all that stuff. And, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and the reason, and oh, and that was another thing with um, it, it, the reason why there's no relationship between Mary Poppins and Bert is because that Travers demanded it. <laughs> like, like it was there was supposedly early on there was some like hints at like. And that the relationship was anything more than platonic, that there's perhaps romantic uh, intentions <laughs> going on, but Travers said no. 
Well, I mean, you know, like, we get you to the part of the Jelly Holiday song where he's naming off all the, all the girls he's hung out with, and she's very obviously jealous about it. Yeah, uh, so that th- that song had to be changed specifically for yeah. that because it sounds it sounds like the original version of that song had more hints, but they did keep some hints in that song intentionally. Um, uh, and the character was just sort of a little bit of several characters from the book, so. And there's just a lot of music that just never made it into the movie. Like there's a whole album of just like songs that are deleted from the movie, essentially. That she purposely demanded be cut, or they just couldn't fit in. And various, like they, they, you know, couldn't make it in. You know, reprises of other songs. She didn't want them. They ended up not liking them. The Sherman Brothers weren't happy with it. Um, I think a couple of them, like, turn up later on. Um, I know one of them ended up being a Winnie the Pooh, like, uh, like recently, like a, like, uh, like, sh- like the the Winnie the Pooh Pooh Corner. Welcome to Pooh Corner. Okay. Uh, like one of the songs that got deleted ended up being like a Winnie the Pooh song, and that, and like, the Happiest Millionaire ends up taking like just the tone like the like the introduction melody of a song like taking out the lyrics and stuff and using it like they, they repurpose them later and i think a couple of like um other ones like I, I know one of them ended up in bed noms and broomsticks which makes sense because there's a lot of similarities and another one is um they, re- they rewrote it to be trusted me from jungle book Oh, okay. So, there, yes, there's a couple of, there's, you know, I mean, there's like, like I said, there's out, like album like of songs that were created that, you know, just get, disappeared or didn't, couldn't fit in or deleted, you know, deleted scenes and stuff. So. The, movie, the movie would have been like three hours long otherwise, because it's been song, 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 song. When this movie came out, this movie is an absolute success for the studio. Oh like, yeah, um, ma- like I, you cannot overstate how massive and success this movie was for the studio. I mean, not just not just like financially, but like as we we're saying, like you know, it's award winning. That this is a Disney movie nominated for best picture and taking home the award for best actress, song, editing, you know, special effects. Like it is a uh, massive success for the studio. The money earned from the studio is what paid for the land for Disney World. Good God. Yeah. That is um, insane. Well, it, it, it's, it, it's still pretty, pretty, pretty well beloved yeah. this day. I, 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 some say that it is the pinnacle of Disney movies, mm-hmm. like the crowning achievement of Walt Disney. Like this is like, you know, he's, he, you know, he's had movies that were bigger in certain sense. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is probably obviously his, most important movie that he's ever made but like they're saying like this is probably like his best movie that he's ever made like it's and it's hard to argue with that in some respects because yeah. there's a lot to take in with this movie and it's got top-notch disney anime the animation in this is better than uh, the movie you talked about last week sword and stone absolutely it is and, and like this comes out after that you know yeah. um so it's 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 like it's like this is where the effort went. Like every all the shortcomings 
from Sword in the Stone, uh, you know, made up for tenfold in Mary Poppins. And, you know, better music, better visuals, animation is stunning. Um, it's like everything about it is phenomenal. Like it is, and it's like, you know, even at the time and now, massive box office success, massive critical success, everything. It made, in its initial run, it made $31 million in North America. In 1964. <laughs> yes, in 1964. Good God. Um, for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney Productions in 1973, they re-released it again, and it earned uh, another $9 million during this little re-release. Um, it made $14 million in 1980, and its total um, lifetime rentals was, is $45 million for this movie. Um, uh, so, I mean, like, and it was the 20th most popular sound film of the 20th century in the UK. So, <laughs> so uh, it's, it's got a heck of a legacy. And, it, and, it, and the budget was about $5 million, give or take a million. Uh, it's hard to, some of these budgets are funky, especially with Disney. Um, and so they're saying that it was probably the most profitable, profitable film of the year. <laughs> so whatever financial worries they had at the time, this would be kind of help dig them out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- th- like I said, th- this, this, the money made for this was like responsible for Disney World in a sense. Like he was already, you know, foot in the ground here and he was trying to get land in Florida to make Disney World. It was really such, such a success that, yeah. He was able to just buy the land that he needed. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this movie, uh, we always talk about when we do the cartoons of like its legacy. And so, you know, you know sequel, yes, uh, obviously, just came out. It's in theaters currently still. For another month or two, probably. Yeah. And it's been uh, a success as far as I can tell. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it like, it, 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 like it was. It, it was a. It wasn't the blockbuster that you thought it would be, or, yes. or I thought it would be. Yeah, and yeah, it's. I th- it's. I think it's one of those situations where it is just. It's you know Mary Poppins. It's like it's like a Wizard of Oz situation. Like, should you touch it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like you know they you know can you go back to it fifty eight years later and you know catch that again and no can't mary poppins is you know part of pop culture and everyone especially in north america everyone knows what mary poppins is like even if you don't even if you haven't seen the movie there's something that you know from mary poppins whether it be the sherry bobbins uh super califragilistic expialidocious is <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, it's annoyed grunt, but it's hard to say that when they're trying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's and it's a parody, one to one parody of Mary Poppins. Like they make they parody music, they they parody like four songs for Mary Poppins. <laughs> it's 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 one of the better Simpsons episodes. Yeah. Especially one of the better ones where it's Simpsons, uh, an entire episode of The Simpsons making fun of something else. Like, cause you know, they they would go on to make a career out of like adapting stories, make doing parodies of other things, and this is probably like, like yeah, like we talked about a few weeks ago with the Hundred One Dalmatians, kind of. Yes, yes, 
But uh, so yeah, uh, theme park wise, it has a presence, but not like ride. <laughs> there's the uh, bakery. There's the Jolly Holiday Bakery. Yeah, which uh, is fantastic. <laughs> yep, it is. It's uh, one of my favorite places to eat at Disneyland was the Blue Ribbon Bakery on Main Street, and they closed it, and that's and they moved the bakery down a ways to the end of Main Street and opened it up as this very Poppins themed Jolly Holiday Bakery, which is just, it's essentially the same bakery. So everything's uh, good. A delicious. Uh... I had a delicious Mickey Mouse shaped cookie there last time I went. Uh, they have um, the absolute best. Like, if you're hungry and you want some comfort food, they just have a fantastic grilled cheese and tomato soup that you can get there. Really? <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's it's like yeah, it's a great grilled cheese sandwich and it's great tomato soup and it's like cheap by Disney standards and. You feel like you had a lunch and not just sort of you hobbled together a lunch out of various things, out of the various corn dogs and pretzels and cookies that they have scattered around the park. <laughs> That's good to know because, yeah, sometimes it's like, well, uh, <laughs> you have, yeah. you, you're working like four lunches at Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the that's the JJ hot scoop of Disneyland this week. Grilled cheese, grilled cheese and tomato soup. Grilled cheese, tomato soup, and the Jolly Holiday Bakery, and it's great. Uh, Jolly Holiday tends to be a little busy, but nowhere near as busy as the Starbucks Main Street. So it's also if you need coffee, that's a good place to go to. Yeah, um, that Starbucks is always insanely packed. Um, it's well, it. It, that one's packed, but the one on, in downtown Disney is even more packed. Yeah, and even the one in California Adventure, I think, ends up being more packed because it's like right at the, it's like it's almost one of the first things you come across at that theme park. Yeah. Um, but the, the one in downtown Disney um, has like, also has like a liquor license. So. Well, yeah, well, they're actually like a, they're a, a black apron Starbucks too. Yeah, and the uh, the Starbucks is, 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 is in um, uh, uh, Disneyland uh, and California Adventure aren't called Starbucks. So I forget what they're called, like like the Penny and Whistle or something. Like I can't remember. Yeah, it's not, yeah. They all got like weird like turn of the century names and stuff, but. Uh, um, no video game for Mary Poppins. No, I did. No, a, no. I did. A, I don't even think. I'm pretty sure it's not even in uh, Kingdom Hearts. It would be hard to adapt Mary Poppins in any way, shape, or form into. I feel like. I feel like they would. They would go a little too hard on like the soot on Bert. In yeah. Game. Make it like Mr. Popo from Dragon Ball or something. <laughs> and. Like I'd be worried that way, but like I, I did Google it before. I was like, what? maybe there's just some weird, obscure like maybe the pig, game that existed. Maybe, but maybe the oh, penguins or something. Yeah, but I typed in Mary Poppins video game in the Google the other day, and the first thing is a YouTube video for a uh, unfinished Mary Poppins homebrew game for the NES. I was like, mm. well, okay, that answers that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there is a. Uh... Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure somebody has uh, has a, a Mary Poppins uh, uh, a sprite in uh, salty batch right now. <laughs> yeah, 
but um, but there was a board game. There was a Mary Poppins board game. If that counts for anything. I feel like it yeah, does. Yeah, there you go. It does. Board games, especially board games from the 60s. It's like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> that box is going to be destroyed, and you're going to be missing like 12 pieces, and they're gonna, one of, and only one of them is going to be critical, but it's going to be the most critical piece possible. <laughs> the, the box is going to have the worst water damage imaginable. Yeah, you're it could, uh, maybe it's not water. I don't know. It's, be, it's sixty volt wet stain. It's turned yellow. It could be literally anything at this point. Maybe it's maybe it's a Pepsi. Maybe it's coffee. Maybe it's who knows. <laughs> my uh, my mom and my aunt both had Mary Poppins dolls when they were oh, yeah. when, when they were girls when these came out. Uh, she still has her Mary Poppins doll. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, you know Disney. It is. It is a very. Uh, marketable movie it's not as marketable as you would think in like but also what is there to sell with mary poppins other than mary besides poppins, mary, herself, mary poppins yeah. doll yeah yeah like because there's really not a whole lot because uh, you know it's a period piece and so you know and, and the cartoon characters are all very generic cartoon characters you know it's penguins and and stuff and the animals and the carousel things and stuff so it's like not really something you could sell that way and so like the new movie has like you know vinyl figures like Funko stuff right but like you that, see that, like yeah t-shirts and stuff is sort of mostly what you what you get that don't even get that many um so i i uh i, I saw this uh auction show recently where they uh they i think it was at sotheby's where they actually had like the original carpet bag that, that oh. Julie Andrews had, and I think it went for like almost a million dollars at auction. Yeah, and you know those are things that end up in like uh, private know, collections, private collections, or in some cases they'll donate them to um, museum pieces and stuff. Like you know, I'm just not too far from um, Mopop, which is a Museum of Pop Culture in Seattle, and like they have like a fantasy stuff, so you can go in there and you see certain. Like they have the Wizard of Oz stuff. Like they have Dorothy's dress there, and like the cow- the Cowardly Lion costume and stuff. <laughs> like they have, like you know, it ends up being in like these kinds of collections and stuff. But um, Disney tends to hold on to things as much as they can. Yeah, yeah. I, I but no, actually, I know I've seen uh, Mary Poppins and Bert like doll Barbies. Yeah. Like but but modeled after Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke yeah. at, at the Disney store or wherever. Julie Andrews also still does Disney stuff and like yeah. she, like you she was uh I remember she Pre- did the VO for the fiftieth uh, anniversary fireworks display. <laughs> well Disneyland. I mean Princess Diaries is Disney, right? Yeah. 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 So, you know, she like, yeah, and Dick Van Dyke is a Disney, like, he's a legit Disney legend. Yeah. Like, he's been bestowed that Disney honor of being official Disney legend, not just, like, you know, a technical legend, <laughs> but an actual uh, Disney legend. So, you know, she's a, she's, 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 you know, he's, he's in with them for, for life at this point. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he, uh. I think he, I think he had to learn how to dance for this movie, actually, too. You can tell because he still can't dance. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, but uh, yeah, so, you know, this is Julie Andrews, you know, first theatrical movie role. And, she, she, she got an Oscar for it. Yeah, she killed it. Yeah. You know, you, you don't see uh, Audrey Hepburn getting the, <laughs> the Academy Award for My Fair Lady that year. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, she, uh, she, 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 she killed it. <laughs> so she, she's great. Uh, it, it's really what, what started her career. Yeah. 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 And you know, she, a, a career that's still going to this day. I mean, she was just in, she just had a, a, a voice role in Aquaman. <laughs> what? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, okay. Yeah. I, I missed that. All right then. <laughs> <laughs> she was, um, and she's, you know, in the Despicable Me voice, uh, and she's in Shrek, and um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, no, she was, um, oh, what the heck's the character's name? Carathon? Okay. In Aquaman? So, you know, the uh, guarding the trident, you know. Big, oh, that, oh, that thing? That was Jimmy yeah. Andrews? <laughs> Andrews. What the hell? Yes, that's Julie Andrews. So there, there's some weird cast in that movie, and okay, no, yeah. we had the cold kiss for some reason in this movie. She's in here, <laughs> so so there you so, go. Yeah. So, yeah. Her, her, Dick McDyke still around, still going strong, going strong, like yeah. And you know, she pops up on um, TV from time to time. Still, you see her, like yeah. Popping up in like Netflix, something she was like in a Netflix thing for Britain or something, <laughs> Julie's Green Room or something. Like, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm yeah, it's exciting. Uh, this movie is fantastic. It's absolutely it is. And well, obviously we can't rank it, but it, yeah. it would be pretty high if we did. If it were, if it were in, if it were in the running for uh, in our canonical list of Walt Disney Animation Studios. Uh, releases it, it would be top five i would think oh for yeah me, i'd be, yeah. Be, be top three for me yeah so it's absolutely great and i can't recommend it enough i watch so, it i watch it regularly um not yearly or anything but like i've seen it more than a good chunk of actual disney animated movies so it's yeah. probably it's probably the one live action disney movie that i've seen the like, most of the most of yeah so <laughs> and uh personal experience my children love it where my oldest son loves it so we, we we're good to watch it maybe every month or so good to see. Uh, so it, and it's <laughs> a movie that's like almost 60 years old now and it's appeals to a seven-year-old so hey yeah. i mean sort of the advantage of when the movie comes out you made it as a period piece so it's it doesn't date itself by trying to uh be like of its time because when you make something sometimes if you make something of its time you tend to throw things in there that will be forgotten about in 20 30 years right um when you're already making something you know you know decades after when you're making it you know you you already know that the references that you're going to make are going to be you know holding the test of time a little bit because you still know about it you're making the movie about it so um, so yeah, you know they lucked out. They they made and Disney's always been good about that. They try to limit the sort of um, 
stuff that's going to be like lost in a few years. They try. Yeah. Um, it hasn't been so good lately. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, oh, you, you, oh, I like to watch like Flight of the Navigator every now and then. Like, oh yeah, this is a very eighties yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you can't sit back and watch Tron. And fully under, like, if you weren't around in that time frame, there's some things that make no sense, but um, it's still still a fun movie. It, it it doesn't doesn't mean anything to a child of that was born, you know, in you know the 2000s. But <laughs> it's like, why are these guys wearing like body suits, and why do they look weird? Why are their special <laughs> effects so bad? And that's the other thing: is the special effects in Mary Poppins. Yeah, they're dated, but they still kind of hold up. Yeah, well, it's because, like I said earlier, I think it helps that it's not magic, but it's sort of presented as magic. Right. So it's not too far removed from like a, a stage show version of magic. Yeah. Okay, that's a good which, example. Which, which you know, so like they're not trying to like like trick you. It's just like no, that's just how it is. See. <laughs> And and they're using the same kind of practical effects that a stage musician would use, a ma- musician magician would use. Uh, so, you know, it's a lot of sleight of hand and practical effects and things like really work. And it's you know, it, it, when you don't have to worry about, we'll go back and fix that later. <laughs> right. Like, boy, that didn't look like she pulled that out of her purse convincingly. Like no, it's just it's a real thing, and then and that's we shoved in a hole that she could just reach into and pull, and we could feed it up to her, you know. <laughs> you know, the the only effect that like ever looks bad is like when they're floating. <laughs> yeah, that always looks that always looks bad in a movie, especially older movies. Like they they, they, they very rarely has they have they ever like really pulled off the illusion of flight up until. You know, it was more recent times. You know what I mean? Where you, where you <laughs> see the green screen effect very clearly behind them, and yeah, yeah, yeah you can see artifacting, and, and 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 they're holding themselves like they're on a harness or they're on string. Like you can tell a human body when it's like it's not really supposed to be in this position, and it's fighting like, it's the urge to, you know, it wants to, right. it wants to sort of go limp in this position. And you can you can always tell when a person's holding themselves up on a harness. So. Um, but you know, that, that, those are the worst looking effects in the movie, I think, and it's still pretty good compared to a lot of other Absolutely. effects. Yep. So, I've seen I've seen worse flying special. Superman had worse flying special effects than this one. So. I, I and, did not believe a man could fly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, I believed in Mary Poppins flying much more than I believed in Superman flying. And, and, that, movie, and that movie came out a decade later. You know. What I mean? so, and uh, I feel like besides Mary Poppins Returns, there's a little bit of renewed interest for Mary Poppins because of Guardians 2. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. I'm uh, Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> which, is, which is probably one of the best parts of that movie. Uh, it's to this day, I can watch that movie and it makes me laugh just as hard now as it did when that happened the first yeah. time seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very perfect line <laughs> yeah i just the delivery was like ah, you look like mary poppins was he cool hell yeah he was cool <laughs> yeah. Oh, mary poppins, y'all. yeah just he's like super into it because now he knows he's cool mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what mary poppins is cool mary poppins is cool <laughs> so he wasn't lying either we 
because yeah, yeah, Mary Poppins is cool. <laughs> she is, like I said, she she's a superhero in her own right. So she is a, she is Doctor Strange of her era. She's yeah. able to. She's she's popping in out of pocket dimensions. She can go wherever she needs to, whenever she needs to, and she doesn't age clearly because I don't. This movie, the new one, takes place decades after this one when the you know, when the kids are all grown up and now they have kid their own kids kind of situations. And she still has to come back and save the original kid. Yeah, but banks have come to bargain. Uh, it's a movie about a bank dad. I mean, just. <laughs> It's like, really it's, on the nose, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, so Mary Poppins is great. Highly recommended. Um, this, like I said, this this is a stopgap. I figured we are going to do a break. Now we're going to go into the sort of second era of Disney movies. Um, Which is exciting. Exciting. This is uh, the era, um, the post-Walt era. Um you know, he still had his hands a little bit in our next movie, which is The Jungle Book. Um, but, you know, he passed away uh, before it came out. So, uh, you know, obviously the company kind of falls into a little bit of chaos after this. Um, and they're trying to do everything they can to keep the studio going while, you know, having to deal with losing you know your <laughs> your your icon your, right i mean he was you know he was the father of the studio it was the face of the studio everyone knew who he was um and everyone was attached to him you know a lot of the employees saw him as you know, a very fatherly figure to them and so did america he was america's uncle um so you know how do you go on from that what do you do how do you honor the memory of this man and um where we'll find out if they do a good job in the <laughs> coming years the, um, the the answer differs it's, the answer, it seems optimistic out the gate but um you ran into some issues what? a lot of the problems we're going to run into have nothing to do with the movies themselves but just behind the scenes stuff and like you know they start they start focusing on the wrong things and taking Walt's ideas and message um, wrong. Uh, nothing's more evident than Disney World and what happened with Epcot and all that stuff. But, um, but you know, we'll we'll get there when we get there. But until then, we have next week um, Jungle Book, which will be a very fun episode for us. Great movie. Great movie. Um, where where it'll fall in the rankings, I'm not gonna tell you right now because <laughs> you have to no. listen to the next week's episode. But um, until then, I want to thank you again for enjoying another episode. A little more rambly episode than usual. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Uh, I'm, I've, I have cabin fever from being snowed in. And uh, uh, weekend, and Nick is just... He's just I have a head cold. <laughs> he's knocking on heaven's door as we speak. So, you know, I better uh, let him get some rest. I'm going to need to get some rest. And hopefully when I wake up, I can get out of my house because we're supposed to get another like five inches of snow tonight <laughs> so yay but you know until then i want to thank you for joining us and have a magical day good boy